welcome to the Curious and Connected podcast, where we're trying to connect students in our EDD program and beyond to foster a sense of community. My name's Leah, and I'm joined by my co-hosts. Monica. And Calla. And today, our guest of honor is one of our very own hosts, Calla Butke. So, Calla, tell us about you. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me here today. It's such an honor. Okay, so a little bit about me. Um, So I'm originally from Wausau, Wisconsin, and actually a fun fact about that, um, I live in a township kind of in in the exurbs called the town of Stettin, and actually um, some of my my Butkey ancestors were some of the first settlers here. So actually my um, great-great-great-grandfather was the first baby baptized in the Lutheran church that um, we still go to. So. It's kind of a fun, fun family history right there. Yeah. So people own, own the farm that the Butkey family homesteaded. <laughs> that's, that's long history. So yeah, that is, that is up north in northern Wisconsin, um, in case you weren't aware. Then um, after that, I, or after graduating from high school, I went to the University of Wisconsin-Madison, the flagship school of our state, also um, often the number one party school if anyone was paying attention. Absolutely. I like to say I contributed to that when I was an undergrad. <laughs> All right. Put her down under that stat tally. <laughs> uh, but then I, I still managed to get good grades in undergrad and then um, went to Stanford to get my master's in East Asian studies. So culture at Stanford was a little bit different than at Madison, but that's okay. Um, lear- learned a lot there, improved my um, Chinese a lot while I was studying East Asian studies. Then um, I stayed in the Bay Area for a while after attending Stanford, and that's how I got involved in college counseling. So I was just kind of randomly looking for a job in my um, last quarter at Stanford when I was just writing my master's thesis, and I just got a full-time offer to be a college counselor. I didn't really know what that was, but then I did it and kind of fell in love with it, and that's uh, mostly what I've been doing since for various companies, including um, a stint in China when I started my own business and I also um, taught at the high school level there as well. I taught English and then, um, yeah, then came back to the U S that was in February, 2020. And actually on February, 2020, if you guys remember, was when COVID was very bad in China. So yes, I escaped COVID in China. I thought it was going to just be like a Chinese problem, but actually it became a worldwide problem. Wow. <laughs> so wow. Now, now I've just kind of stayed here and um worked for a company in Silicon Valley for a while, and now I'm working remotely for a company based in Seattle called Path Ivy as the director of college counseling. So that's a little bit about me. That's amazing. And do you still have your own business? Is it still running? Uh, no. No, shut it down. You got a lot on your plate, so I totally get that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that, what do you do in your spare time that uh, helps you reset or maintain balance? Yeah, so... Um, I guess compared to a lot of people in our program, you know, I don't have kids or all of these other commitments and it's really nice that I um, work remotely. So quite a bit of free time. Um, When I'm in Wisconsin, I like to spend a lot of time outside. Um, Since I I live in kind of a semi-rural area, we have some trails, so I I go walk on those in the woods. watch a lot of TV shows. So I really like to watch historical TV shows. Um, I guess Bridgerton was a great one. I watched recently also The Last Kingdom and Vikings. So if anyone wants to talk about those with me, I would love to do that. Oh man, no spoilers, no spoilers yet. <laughs> sure. Great. 
That is awesome. Thank you so much. So uh, switching gears a little bit, we would love to hear about a topic that has spoken to you in our course content so far. So we're wrapping up semester two um, in our cohort. So give us your thoughts, Kala. Sure. So I think um, going back to our first semester when we were learning a lot about leadership, um, being a transformative and charismatic leader really spoke to me because um, in recent years, I've taken on a lot of leadership roles professionally, and I'm always trying to figure out how can I really motivate the people I'm working with, because sometimes that has been a challenge. So um, I think really learning how to intrinsically motivate employees, um, make sure that everyone is like doing those organizational citizen behaviors. You know, I was always thinking about that, but I couldn't really, um, you know, put a word on it. And now, now we know the terminology, so I can think about that a lot more systematically. And um, talking about things that we learned this semester, the symbolic frame is kind of related to that as well. So since I've mostly been working for startups, I definitely really value the symbolic frame. And I think that's definitely part of being um, a transformative leader, just like really having that deeper meaning for what you're doing at the organization and then making sure everyone really understands that and is on the same page with those values and beliefs. That's pretty amazing. What have you found to be really successful when you've tried to start doing those uh, symbolic frames? Like, what have you tried? What's worked? What hasn't worked? Sure. So I guess um, just really trying to make sure that everyone, first of all, knows our mission and values, right? Because I think quite a few people <laughs> at, at companies might not exactly know. But then. That's um, fun. <laughs> Step one, absolutely. But then um, when we have regular team meetings, especially for counselors, so making sure that when we're talking about um, strategy for different students that we're going back to those values. So it would be like, um, you know, being data driven, looking at the data. And, and that's also stuff that we learned in our in our courses, right? But also making sure that um, colleges and what the students are doing is also a good fit for them, because that's also one of the main values of our organization. So, yeah. And that's awesome. like, that's gotta be hard to do in a remote workspace, finding those symbolic meanings and having them be really obvious to workers who you don't see in the office any day, every day. Is there anything that you would, you know, tell our listeners uh, of things that you have found to be successful? Yeah, um, bringing a team together when you're working remotely can certainly be a challenge. People can get very siloed compared to when everyone's in the office. So. Um, I think it's good to have regular meetings. You know, we don't have to have meetings every single day. Um, some, some past jobs that I had, we had meetings every day when we worked remotely and that was, that was too much. But it's nice to have a combination of like all hands meetings and then also some one-on-one um, -on -one meetings a little more frequently, even if it's just short or like a phone call instead of a, of a formal Zoom meeting like this. I think um, that communication is really key. Yeah. yeah, no, that's all really good stuff. Um, anything from you, Leah? Any questions you're burning for Cal right now? I just really love it. It's funny that you were talking about the symbolic frame and transformative leadership. And it also kind of brought me back to the like shared sense making process that we talked about um, and sense giving as a leader and as someone who's transformative and all of that. Um, so that really kind of spoke to me when you were when you were talking. So just wanted to reflect that back at you. <laughs> Thanks, Leah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. That's awesome. Well, uh, tell, so Kyla, I'm going to switch gears with you again here. So can you tell us about an accomplishment you're super proud of, whether that's you know, your work, your personal life, or whatever comes to mind? Sure. 
So um, probably one of the most proud accomplishments of mine would be um, starting a business in China. And Monica, I know um, before we started recording this, you said I need to say it in Chinese. So that would be Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, so starting Fair a business five. in China um, was, was challenging, of course, because that's not where I'm from. Um, an outsider in, in many ways. So of course the language barrier is really tough. Chinese is definitely one of the hardest languages for us to learn. I did take quite a few classes um, in college, but it doesn't always prepare you for work life, especially because that's not like the vocabulary you're learning in school. Um, then the business culture there is just very different. And I know you guys have heard my stories in classes, but it was just um, a little hard to adapt to at first because sometimes what things seem on the surface is actually not the way it really is. I would say in the US, when we do business or um, work in a school setting or, or whatever it may be, um, people are, are quite direct. You know, People say stuff like, okay, we're gonna do this and we're gonna do it by this time. Okay, we make a plan, we do it. But in, in China, it's a little bit different. Um, people like to save face, for instance. That's a, a very big thing. So sometimes people will, will say something or they might not say certain things, but you need to understand the implicit communication or what might be going on behind that. So that definitely um, took some time for me to understand. So just um, a big difference in that way. But I think I, I figured it out and we um, did pretty well for a while. It's just things got tough when the pandemic was bad in China. Yeah, that's got to be, I mean, it sounds like such an amazing accomplishment, like kudos for you starting a business in a different country, nevertheless, starting in a different language. Yeah. Like, obviously, you're a superstar, and I totally understand, you know, why you're sitting here being our first guest. <laughs> we- <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. And so kind of bouncing off, you already accomplished so much um, from starting your business, getting into this program, all of your educational pursuits. Where do you see yourself in five or 10 years after completing this program? What are, you know, some goals you might have? Well, um, I I hope to stay in education, particularly um, in the business of education in this field. So um, I really liked my most recent roles. So um, right now I'm the the director of college counseling. So I'm not just counseling students all day. Of course, that's certainly part of my job, but I'm also um, managing a team and developing the curriculum and also, um, you know, talking to our founder about quite a few of the business decisions and the directions. And actually, um, that's what I really love about this program, because I think that the three major areas of this program are leadership and organizational development, data and analytics, and learning and design. And actually, all three of those areas, I really need a lot for um, what I'm doing in my, my current job in the college counseling industry. So I, that's, that's why I chose this program. I think it's really perfect. And it certainly hasn't um, disappointed. I've, I've learned a lot of new things in all of our classes. And then actually, it's like the next day, then I can um, go implement them because I, I work in that kind of startup environment. You know, So for instance, we, le- we learned that we needed budgets um, in one of our courses last semester. We didn't really have such a formalized budget. The last company I worked for, so I, I went in and I was like, I think we should like start writing more things down and be a little more specific about this, you know, and then, then we actually did do some of the things. So I think um, it's really exciting how we can learn things in this program and then put it into practice. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's so applicable too. I, I felt exactly the same way. Um, I do have a follow-up question for that. Obviously, like we said, we, you're already like on an amazing, you know, path blazing type of trail. So let's say somebody who's listening is hoping to kind of be you in the next five to 10 years, what advice would you give them or things that they should do to prepare themselves to be that way? 
Well, I guess um, join this program. Besides joining this program, though. That's funny. Well, in addition to that, um, I would say, you know, like I've been working with um, a lot of different cultures, so definitely um, learning languages is is an important thing. But even more than just the book learning, it's just interacting with um, like diverse groups of people, and diversity can come in in many different forms. So um, for instance, it's been really like enriching for the past few years. I just met with people from all different places and all walks of life, um, all different cultural backgrounds. So I think that has shaped my um, worldview a lot and has made me very adaptable. And I think um, that flexibility and adaptability and open-mindedness is um, very important to whatever like I'll, I'll be doing in the future and also important to my job now. Because who yeah. knows how the world is going to change with technology and everything else going on these days. So I think um, having some of those, those soft skills is probably more important than even having a lot of technical skills these days. Yeah, I would totally echo all the things you're saying. Love all of those things. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll wrap up here with our final question. And it's, it's up to you what, what path you'd like to choose. So out of these two questions, pick which one speaks to your heart most. So either what does leadership mean to you or what does your ideal leader look like? Sure. So I talked a little bit about um, transformative leadership before. So I would say um, my ideal leader would definitely be a transformative one who can really um, instill those values and, and practice them as well. And then really make sure that what is being said at an organizational level is also what's happening on the ground. And even as the organization grows, you know, we're still holding true to those values and treating employees well and then doing right by our customers too. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Kala. And thank you to everyone listening. And we hope to have you back on our next episode of Curious and Connected.